know you can make quick videos because TikTok makes it easy, but rather than jumping on the bandwagon of lip sync and pointing dances, I suggest spending some time figuring out what your brand really should be doing. Welcome to the Virginia Foodie Podcast, where we lift the lid on the craft food industry and tell the stories behind the good food, good people, and good brands that you know and love. If you've ever come across a yummy food brand and wondered, how did they do that? How did they turn that recipe into a successful business? Then we've got some stories for you. Hello, foodies. It's another Marketing Monday. And this week, I want to take a moment and share some thoughts with you about a theme I've seen in my conversation with Kraft Foods brands lately. The theme I've noticed is the idea that just because you can do something doesn't necessarily mean you should be doing it. For example, in my recent interview with Leslie Riley, the founder and CEO of Mama's Biscuits, she talked about a light bulb moment for her when she realized that in order to grow, she had to let some things go. After pushing her team of cooks to make a million biscuits last spring in support of a new retail channel, the decision to move production to a co-packer became crystal clear for her. Yes, the biscuits are her recipe, but growing in the direction of keeping all the manufacturing all in-house also means that she would need to own the manufacturing process and eventually the plant and all the equipment and the janitorial staff and the machine operators and the crew chiefs and the shift managers and the HR department that goes with it. The list goes on and on for craft food brand. Once she realized owning a manufacturing plant wasn't her life's dream, it was easy to make the business decision that would support continued growth. And after extensive research, she found a co-packer that suits her needs. And she keeps short runs and specialty items with her small crew of bakers and makers. The other thing she realized last year is that she wanted to own the photography process for her brand. And that's okay, too. She took a moment and thought about what she wanted to keep control of for her brand and then started outsourcing the parts that didn't fit with her personal brand, as I would call it. Leslie's personal brand is not about creating a big manufacturing legacy, but it's about creating a memorable food experience and learning to take better photos excited her. It sparks other aspects of her creativity, and it allows her to retain some ownership of how her brand is perceived, and it keeps costs down too. That's why in the example of her photography, choosing to take her own photographs is something that she should be doing, at least for now. Sometime in the future, she may ask herself that question again. Just because I can take all the photographs doesn't mean I should take all the photos. It's very typical for small business owners to look at other companies and think, that's what success looks like, so that's what I need to be doing. But looking from the outside in, you just don't know what is behind their decisions. You don't know if that owner is happy on their path or if they feel like they're buried under the weight of a monster they created. Another business owner might be overwhelmed by photography. You really don't know. So you need to make choices that are the right fit for you. This theme of can do it versus should do it shows up a lot in marketing. For example, I love Canva. It's a great tool for small brands. 
and used effectively is a great way to expand your creative content without continuously going to the well of freelancers or design agencies. Now, design is my background, and in theory, I should be worried about losing business to an app. But in truth, a smart creative team will recognize that leveraging this platform will only empower their clients while helping keep costs down. And that's a good thing. But what I don't like about Canva is that it shows you a lot of examples that you could use for print projects and social media graphics. I've got to tell you, my social streams are cluttered with what I call the Canva effect. Lots of animated text, lots of jumping graphics, and not a lot of truly branded content. Just because Canva says you can do it doesn't mean your brand should do it. If you're currently using Canva to make a lot of text-heavy social graphics, you should have a sit down with your trusted brand manager and your designer and talk about the best way to use the tools. And absolutely, you should get a custom brand kit created if you're going to continue to use Canva to create content. Or you can join our social media made easy group and learn the right way to build content for your brand. Yep, that's a plug, but it really is the most economical way to learn from us how to grow an audience that serves your business. Go to vafoodie.com and click on grow your brand to sign up. At the end of the day, food marketing is about creating appetite appeal and text heavy jumping color blocks are not the way to make your fans drool over your brand. We've been asked a lot about TikTok this year. And if you've heard the news that Instagram is moving to a video sharing and shopping platform, then you're probably in the same tizzy that most food brands are about what are you going to do for content now? I know you can make quick videos because TikTok makes it easy, but rather than jumping on the bandwagon of lip sync and pointing dances, I suggest spending some time figuring out what your brand really should be doing. I know it feels like these clips are everywhere because they are everywhere. It's a trend right now, but you don't need to start making them, especially if you aren't comfortable with expressing your brand that way. I can tell you from personal experience about one account I follow that has completely taken on the TikToky video approach to social media. And I have to say, I've absolutely lost any brand messaging in my Instagram feed from them. This is an account that I used to look forward to viewing because they're beautiful photography in steady, approachable voice. All of that has completely dried up in the onslaught of funny voiceover videos. They're still creating that beautiful, engaging content for their static posts, but I never see it anymore. I literally had to track them down to see if they're still taking those beautiful shots. And they are. They haven't stopped. But I never see it unless I go hunting for it. And your customers aren't going to do that. So if you pick up on this trend, you may be losing the opportunity to actually get your brand message in front of them. I question whether the people engaging with that kind of goofy behind the scenes TikToky content are the people that are going to spend money with a brand. I'd be curious if that company I spoke of could cross-reference some of their accounts or maybe run a promo on that stream versus a promo on their traditional content and see who's really spending the money. It feels like a flash in the pan to me. And in food marketing, first and foremost, what is your job? It's creating appetite appeal. So your content should draw customers in and make them want to taste your products. 
So yes, video is here to stay. I'm not advocating that you ignore it because you're going to need a plan. What I'm doing is encouraging you to take a step back and analyze your brand and its messaging and the goals for your business, and then build a video content strategy that lifts your brand up instead of dropping it into a stream of same but different memes and trends. Right now, it may feel like you need to rush to catch up, but don't rush. Do this one thing first. Solve for your brand message. And then it will be easy to know what is the right choice for your branded content. Your static content is still out there and it's still being served. You may see that your numbers are down a bit, but there are ways to bolster your engagement by making every element of each post work for you. And absolutely, you need good visual content. Good photography goes a long way in food marketing. If you need help organizing your brand platform, we're here for you. I know I plugged this earlier in the podcast, but the first section of our social marketing workbook addresses your brand message and the intention of your marketing content. It all applies to video, to language, and to still images. If you're interested, the group meets every third Monday of the month in a live session. An added bonus are the guided work sessions that come afterward. It's like study hall for your marketing. We all reserve a few hours a month to focus on the month ahead, so you should check it out. But if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to help. You can find me at george at vafoodie.com. And with that, this Marketing Monday is a wrap. Talk to you next time, my foodie friends. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about how to grow your own food brand, then click on Grow My Brand at vafoodie.com. If you're a lover of local food, then be sure to follow us. We're at vafoodie on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Join the conversation and tell us about your adventures with good food, good people, and good brands. Thank you.